Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 24 of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. We are in the middle of a four-part series discussing sugar inside and outside the body. We talked about how sugar damages the gut microbiome and contributes to leaky gut syndrome and inflammation throughout the digestive tract. Last week, we talked about sugar, fructose, and how it affects the liver. Sugar can be just as damaging to the liver as alcohol and can lead to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. This week, we'll discuss sugar, glucose, and how it affects the brain. It can cause inflammation in the brain, leading to slowed cognitive function, mood disorders such as depression, and deficits in memory. Sugar has a drug-like effect in the reward center of the brain. It can become a food addiction for some, and others may develop obesity and diabetes as a result. Reward a thing given in recognition of one's service, effort, or achievement. It feels good to be rewarded. Sometimes sugar can feel like a reward to us. So much of our world is celebrated through food and sugary treats are so pretty. They make everything seem sparkly. They can lift us up when we're depressed. And then when the sugar crash happens, we go lower than when we started. Oops, not such a great idea. And if we could control it, we would, but some of us have an addiction that we need help with breaking. And that's what we're here to do, help you. Welcome everybody to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner and I have Dr. Kell and producer Eric here today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you Nikki. All right, so we are in the sugar series and today it's podcast number 24 and we're talking about sugar and the brain. But before we get to that, I wanted to start with our quote. For every reason it's not possible, there are hundreds of people who have faced the same circumstances and succeeded. And this is by Jack Canfield. So when you think you can't quit the sugar, like I do. You can, Nick. You can. Because <laughs> others So I'm have. telling myself, I can do this. And I like that saying, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably you're right. You're right. That's right. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Henry Ford, right? Is that who it is? How do you yeah. know that? It was a big billboard I used to drive by all the time. Oh, my gosh. Really? That's funny. Very good, Nikki. <laughs> well, we'll get right into this. Okay. Negative impact of sugar on the brain. Huh? Joel Furman, MD. <laughs> She's losing it. <laughs> Sorry. I had sugar today. <laughs> yes. Kidding. Yes. She just, she just pulled out some she candy out of her up. purse. The one thing I have in my purse is yes. gobstoppers. Okay. Okay. I have a problem. <laughs> Here's what he has to say. The brain uses more energy than any other organ in the human body, and glucose is its primary source of fuel. But what happens when the brain is exposed to an excessive amount of sugars in the standard American diet, in this case, more is definitely not better. In the brain, excess sugar impairs both our cognitive skills and our self-control. I feel that. Yes. You know how, <laughs> so, you know how alcohol, just people do all kinds of strange things when they're yeah. on alcohol. You can do all kinds of strange things on sugar, too. True. For many people, having a little sugar stimulates a craving for more. Sugar has drug-like effects in the reward center of the brain. Scientists have proposed that sweet foods, along with salty and fatty foods, can produce addiction-like effects in the human brain, driving the loss of self-control overeating, and subsequent weight gain. The brain uses more energy than any other organ in the brain, as we already said. <laughs> the brain in the brain? <laughs> so does that okay. mean that if I think real hard, I can lose weight? My brain is working so hard. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I can think about working out really actually, hard. Actually, actually, now you laugh at that, Ooh. but... Uh, okay, I'm going to share something with the audience that I'm absolutely recommending no one ever do. Okay. Okay. A few years back, I mean, several years back, this was probably going on 
20 years ago, I uh, wanted to lose a little weight. So I thought, hmm, what if I eat nothing <laughs> but sugar oh, for a week? Oh, man. I lost 10 just pounds. Spoonfuls of what? sugar. I lost 10 pounds. You mean you just like ate white in, sugar? In a little over a week, I lost 10 pounds. No, oh. no, no. But, I, but, but what <laughs> I did fun. was I did eat some fruits. I didn't eat any vegetables, um, but I mainly ate candy. What? Yes, and drank soda. I felt like crap, totally felt like crap, felt terrible by the, by near that time, but oh I lost gosh. weight. And the reason, and I wouldn't say I ate it in excess, I, I was drinking a fair, I, I drank soda, but I did drink water too. But when you're just eating that one thing, I, I was also doing a lot of work. I was writing, I had, uh, writing a lot of reports. The brain uses mm. a, a ton amount of energy, and so, what I, I was burning a lot of calories just thinking I didn't do any exercise during that time either, but I was having very little fat, very little protein. Worst kind of diet you could ever go on. Uh, and I've seen wow. diets out there where you just go on a straight fruit diet uh -huh. and you can lose weight that way too. But I don't know that that's a real intelligent way to do it either. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm so confessing again, try it, huh? I'm confessing <laughs> the sins here on, on the show. Do not do that at home. I, I'm perfect example of what not to do sometimes. We've tried it all here. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this podcast is becoming a bunch of confessions here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're at not least, perfect. At least when we're talking about sugar here. But we've gotten better. Let's see. The sugar, sugar's reward response is part of this article as well. In humans, high glycemic foods have been found to activate regions of the brain associated with the reward response and provoke more intense feelings of hunger compared to low glycemic foods. Foods that cause a higher elevation in blood glucose produce a greater addictive drive in the brain. Hence what we're talking about, the dopamine. Additional studies on brain activity have provided evidence supporting the idea that overeating alters our brain's reward system, which then further drives overeating. The same process is thought to underlie the tolerance associated with addiction. These are just reinforcing what's happening. Other studies have shown that the brain over time, just like with the effects of alcohol, sugars can cause shrinking of the brain, especially the gray matter. So I remember when I was a kid, they used to say uh, marijuana makes you stupid. In fact, when I was in college, they called uh, marijuana. It w oftentimes when people were in it, having conversation, they just called it stupid. <laughs> hey, let's go have some stupid oh, kind of wow. thing. Well, alcohol does that and so does sugar, makes you stupid. So not only does it make you fat, it can make you stupid. You were saying that it makes you, it changes your behavior sometimes too? Yes. Well, let me just tell you, when Breezy, my middle child, tends to have a lot of sugar, she starts doing weird things. Like, and I can see like a change in her behavior. And she does like, she like almost provokes people like, in a fun way, but yet it really irritates people. Whereas other times she's like aware that she's like, shouldn't we doing that? But she like, it's like a switch flipped off in her brain and she's like, ha ha, look out everybody, I'm on sugar. It's crazy. Yeah, well, it, it, it causes the brain to become overactive, just like with the ADA and the HDAD and all that yeah. stuff. The, the brain is basically on fire. Yeah, that's what it's An like. An overabundance of glucose in the brain. I've never done that. I don't know where she gets it, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your purse probably. Yeah, my purse. <laughs> okay, we talked about this a little bit earlier too. Over time, greater amounts of the substance are required to reach the same level of reward. So we talked like about drugs. how you become tolerant yeah. to the dopamine, which is what your brain gets after you eat a bunch of sugar initially. Studies imply that overeating results in a diminished reward response and a progressively worsening addiction to low nutrient food foods rich in sugar, salt, and fat. So 
it causes you to eat more, eat more. It, it actually, it baits the appetite too. It's like the app, your appetite center is activated so that you, it, it causes you to be more hungry and continue eating. Mm. Yeah. And hence you gain weight and a study published in PLOS, PLOS-1, found that mm. sweet foods can be more addictive than cocaine. Though there, And we talked about cocaine not being that addictive mm. uh, previously. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Though the research was performed on animals, investigators found that intense sweetness can surpass cocaine reward, even in drug-sensitized and addicted individuals. Mm. Hmm. So your brain shrinks, can shrink. Oh, here's the next one. Memory. Memory and sugar, Ooh. which is still involved with the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Any questions about what we previously No, but I have some. With? After you read yeah. this, I have something. I was going to say something too, but go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, it's after this part. Yeah. For sure. How sugar impacts memory. Throughout the body, excess sugar is harmful. Even a single instance of elevated glucose in the bloodstream can be harmful to the brain, resulting in slowed cognitive function and deficits in memory and attention, hence my experience with taking a test and drinking the soda. Mm -hmm. Some research suggests high sugar consumption causes inflammation in the brain, leading to memory difficulties. A 2016 study published in Behavioral Brain Research found inflammatory markers were present in the hippocampus of rats fed a high sugar diet but not in those fed a standard diet. The good news, however, is this inflammatory damage from sugar may not be permanent. A 2017 study in the Journal of Appetite found that the memory damage caused by sugar consumption can be reversed by following a low-sugar, low-GI diet. GI Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, glycemic index is probably what they're Uh, meaning by that one. Low glycemic index, which is a lower sugar diet. You know, by the way, uh, just... As, as a note there with diets, uh, like the Atkins diet, uh, the first two weeks you're allowed 15 grams of sugar a day. Which um, is uh, roughly half the recommended. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Or is that milligrams? You know what? Probably Never gr- mind. Probably Cut that. I'm going to have to look that up <laughs> okay. because um, it's a very low amount of sugar. And then uh, you can take it up to uh, the normal levels, although there are so many varying. Wait, uh, just for our U.S. listeners, because I'm learning the metric system here, one millig- or 10 milligrams is equal to... 2.1 grams because 15 milligrams is nothing compared to a gram of sugar and you can the FDA recommends a 25 or less one gram is a, is a thousand milligrams yeah so 15 milligrams oh yeah that's like impossible it's a small amount that'd be like it's a very a small slice. amount so yeah you're probably right <laughs> yeah. okay. we'll look that up okay. and share that okay. next time <laughs> okay let's see in addition research published in the journal of Journal Nutrients in 2015 found reducing sugar consumption and supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids and curcumin, which is uh, mm-hmm. um, turmeric. Turmeric. Yep. Very good, Nikki. Uh, improves working memory. So, and we can do a whole thing on turmeric sometime too. Most people don't realize that when they take turmeric, it, it's usually out of the body within an hour or two. Wow. Um, oh. So you so need don't to get, overdose. Well, no. You, to really get a benefit from the over the kind of turmeric you'd buy in the grocery store. Or at, Costco or other places, at least from what I'm aware of, um, it's out of the body. Those pills you take in the morning within a couple hours are gone. And there are companies like Standard Process that their turmeric is mixed with things like fenugreek and other substances that slow down the absorption of the turmeric. So it's kind of almost like a time released and it'll last 10 to 12 hours in your body. Nice. So good to know. I've, I'm still new to the turmeric. What's the benefits of that in your body? It's anti-inflammatory. Okay. And so in that instance with the brain, along with the omega-3 fatty acids, if the sugar's causing the brain to swell, 
um, it's helping to reduce that swelling. Okay. So you're going to mention something, Nikki? Oh, okay. So sugar impacting memory. So for one of my acting classes, it's a Joe Kelly acting class, she said no sugar before class or no sugar before auditions or anything like that because it, number one, it dulls your emotions, which you need for your auditions. And obviously it affects your brain and memory too. So yeah. Well, and yeah. here, here's a good part. Here's another article. Are talking about the same kind of thing. It says sugar, how it affects its effects on mood. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh for sure. Okay. It's so interesting watching my kids crash after eating sugar. Like when my parents come to town, they give them all this random stuff, and like the crash is hard. Like oh. two hours later, they're just like ye- angry and yelling at each other. <laughs> and I'm like, Dang sugar. <laughs> yeah, and usually the sugar like gives them a burst of energy, yeah. and then just a yeah. a big high, and that's the insulin. Yeah. They they because they you you take a whole bunch of sugar that's assimilated very quickly, overloads the bloodstream and the brain, and then your pancreas reacts by producing a ton of insulin, yeah. and usually over abundance of insulin so then it lowers that sugar content and then you're stuck with the insulin and that's when you crash yeah so yeah my kids after dinner are like we've been good today we want a treat and it's like oh it's like eight o'clock we give you all the sugar then you're gonna be up for another two hours and yeah you gotta like plan it out <laughs> yeah yeah sugar also affects mood and healthy young people the ability to process emotion is com- compromised with elevated blood glucose according to a brain imaging study so they actually saw this on imaging Another study published in Diabetics Care found that people with type 2 diabetes reported increased feelings of sadness and anxiety during acute hyperglycemia episodes. And hyperglycemia would be too much sugar in the blood so that they're not producing enough insulin to bring them down. And so they saw the effects. And, and anxiety, if, you, if you're someone out there is, who has a lot of problems with depression, I will bet you in 90 8% of the people out there who are suffering depression, they're eating a high sugar diet. Mm. High, high fat and high sugar combined. They're eating the fast foods, they're having the processed foods, they're drinking the sodas. Those are all contributing to depression. Yeah. Sometimes um, when I have too much chocolate, my mood will go south like really fast. Yeah. It's like a weird While switch you're in still my brain. Well, or after you've crashed? Um, while I'm still, well, maybe it's on the crash, but yeah. It's, it's like, during the downside because typically yeah. chocolate will temporarily Elevate. give you that feeling of, of euphoria. A lot of people feel eat chocolate because it makes them feel good temporarily. A lot of people eat food because it makes them feel good temporarily. Mm. Um, but same kind of thing. And then you, then you have that downside because chocolate, depending, if you eat dark chocolate is the best chocolate. And I would recommend 80% dark chocolate or more, they, uh, you can find it out there, even 90 plus percent, but it's not very sweet at all. It's bitter. It, it doesn't taste you as not great. want to eat it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. even, if, I don't know, I'm a weird one though. Like if I have too much dark chocolate, it does the same thing. It's oh, like, really? this, it's like a, I don't well, know if it's a caffeine percentage? thing or well, well, it caffeine, might be caffeine. Caffeine could be yeah. doing it to you too. Cause it's, it's like, if I eat too many days in anxiety, a row of chocolate. Ca- caffeine causes anxiety. It, yeah. It, uh, so yes. Could be the combination sugar and caffeine. See, here's another one. One of the largest studies to link sugar in, with depression, an analysis of dietary consumption and mood of 23,245 individuals enrolled in the Whitehall 2 study found higher rates of sugar consumption was associated with a greater incidence of depression. See, another study, the study published in 2017 in the Journal of Scientific Reports found those with the highest level of sugar cons- consumption were 23% more likely to be diagnosed with a mental disorder than those Jeez. with low, the lowest sugar intake. So it's almost like you get down and then you think, oh, this will make me feel better. So then you eat sugar and then it, it's like 
cycle like up and then down and then up and then down and then the highs get higher and the lows get lower and it's like a vicious cycle right so if you can kind of keep it in the middle area where you're just doing yeah, a little bit fed sugar. yeah <laughs> well they, exactly you know <laughs> the idea of, of sugar. <laughs> of, uh, the other thing i would say i've done over the last almost eight weeks is uh and this is recommended for most people uh you know i, I don't know if i totally agree with the whole idea that we were once living in caves, maybe we were, but uh, periodically after the nuclear holocaust, who knows. Anyway, the, my, my point is that uh, hunter-gatherers were referred to as people who would piecemeal throughout the day. Yeah. And uh, that our, our American diet is we eat, a lot of people don't eat breakfast and they eat a large lunch and they eat a large dinner. Or maybe they just eat the three meals throughout the day. Uh, but intermittent meals, like six times a day, small amounts, is far better for you than eating large so, amounts. So not six McDonald's meals? <laughs> <laughs> well, just if you eat the French fries, oh, or just yeah. if you <laughs> eat the cheeseburger, or just if you drink the just soda. Have maybe half of it. it's a little. You know, you could buy the whole thing, all three, and eat one part at different times. Yes, exactly. Or eat two happy one meals. One happy meal. How about two happy meals? And then you'd come up with six six different things and then you could eat them yeah. once every two hours whatever or right. the dollar menu yeah, yeah. 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 i think <laughs> your point though what you and i read this before too is your problem is if you eat lunch let's say at noon and then you don't eat till five or six at night at dinner you're starving so you're going to eat twice the portion you probably should have and you're going to yeah. overeat and then you're going to go to bed on this full stomach however if you would have eaten at noon and then two you're continuing your digestive which is healthy to yeah. keep it going i always yeah. tell people if they're in in my office talking to me about going on a diet that if you can stop eating by 6 p.m., it doesn't matter what you eat during the day. Yeah. I'm seriously, yeah. if you stop yeah. eating by 6, 6 p.m., you'll typically start to lose weight. Just because you've used up a lot of that energy, the, the calories that you've eaten throughout the day, and then your body your body burns a lot of calories while you're sleeping. I mean, people typically use two to three pounds while they're, while they're asleep. Think about it. It's a third of your day. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to get on the scale before I go to bed and be three pounds lighter in the morning. Yes. <laughs> they. Uh, yeah. So, and, and the other problem with eating large amounts, you know, every few hours is you get this big, huge influx of, of calories. Um, your body cannot utilize it all at once, so it starts storing what it can't use. And then all of a sudden you're, you're become hypoglycemic or, or you're, you're, you're almost in a state of temporary fasting. And whenever you hit the fasting uh, cycle, um, except maybe um, when you're Mr. Mickelson, um, oh, yeah. they uh, last it, week's episode. It, 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 <laughs> you know, your body holds on to your fat stores when you're in a fasting state mm. for a time because it's like, okay, we got a, that fat store. We got to hold on to it. In fact, you start, you will start scavenging or, or burning up your protein. Your actual muscle mm. will begin being used for energy before your fat will under certain circumstances. Yeah, I don't want um, that. And so, if you're trying to be a bodybuilder. That's not the thing you want to do. Right. Sugar intake hinders mental capacity, which we've already kind of talked about. It says elevated blood glucose. I should have you read these, Nikki. The, uh, elevated <laughs> blood gl gl glucose harms <laughs> blood vessels. Blood vessels are important. <laughs> blood vessel damage is the major cause of the vascular complications of diabetes, leading to other problems such as damage to blood vessels in the brain and eye retinopathy. So you can go blind. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Are you scared of sugar yet, Nikki? Um, <laughs> this is opening my eyes. <laughs> Studies of long-term diabetics show progressive brain damage leading to deficits in learning, memory, motor speed, and other cognitive functions. Frequent 
exposure to high, you know, I, I, I know, you know, some of my patients are type two diabetics and I'm constantly telling, I, I, I know one, I have one patient who we've tried to put her on cleanses and, and, and get her, you know, she'll take the supplements, but she won't do the body cleanses. We, we, uh, and she won't stop eating the junk. And you hear that dog barking in the background. He, he, he's on some he, sugar. He, he, he got, he's he on some it. sugar. There he is. No doubt. No doubt. Anyway. Oh, not him. Anyway, the, the point is, a lot of people don't realize if they're diabetic, all these other problems that can develop if they don't stop, if they don't change that diet and don't lose some of that weight. So let's recap some of these. So you got obesity, your brain's shrinking, blindness, mobile you limitations. You become <laughs> stupid. Yeah, your, doesn't it affect your feet too? Oh well, the circulation. Circulation. Yeah, late on diabetes, <laughs> and because and we're just talking about that damage to the blood vessels. Yeah. And so now, what happens is the valves in the in the you know varicose veins are like a precursor to that in a way. Uh-oh. The uh, and and I would say those tend to be tied to sugar too, though I haven't read any research articles. I'm gonna look mm-hmm. that up. Yeah. Um, because they very well could be tied to varicose veins too, because if it's yeah. damaging the vessels, the valves in the veins which keep the keep it uh, the blood flowing back to the heart the valves become weak and let the blood pool hence the the varicose veins superficial veins you start seeing them in your legs so you're saying lettuce doesn't hinder them lettuce and tomatoes and um, <laughs> vegetables Probably cauliflower not. broccoli all that good stuff can Those help good. with that increasing and improving that that vascular health the b vitamins are big in in vascular health I too <laughs> um Gummy flavored lettuce. Yes. Uh, frequent exposure to high glucose levels diminishes mental capacity as high HbA1c levels have been associated with a greater degree of brain shrinkage, as we mentioned before. Even in those without di- diabetes, high sugar consumption is associated with lower scores on tests of con- cognitive function. These effects are thought to be due to a combination of hyperglycemia, hypertension, insulin insulin resistance and elevated cholesterol. Hmm. Additional research shows that a diet high in added sugar reduces the production brain-derived neurotrophic factor BDNF, a brain chemical essential for new memory formation and learning. Hmm. Lower levels of BDNF are also linked to dementia and Alzheimer's disease according to a study published in the Journal of (laughs) Diabetology. Something like that. There you go. Anyway. So, Eric, you summarized it really well, how sugar is affecting the whole body, the brain, obviously the moods with depression and um, inflammation in the brain. I wonder sometimes if you have too much sugar, if it causes headaches. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Most headaches are caused from increased and decreased circulation to the brain. Um, so taking sugar already caused talked about inflammation when you when you have too much sugar so that's causing swelling in the brain which is increasing the fluid to the brain so and I uh, talked about that last time with my soda experience getting yes. off of it can yeah. cause massive headaches too. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah and withdrawal yeah withdrawals yeah so is there anything else that you wanted to cover sugar no in the ne- brain? Ne- next one is sugar on the outside of the body Interesting. That's one place I don't put it. So um, rub those candy bars all over your body. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely go inside the body with mine. But hey, so <laughs> don't looking forward to hearing water. that. Yeah. Podcast twenty-five. Sugar, sugar on the outside of the body and its effects. And and this is good news, Nikki. It's good news. It, it can actually be good for you in certain ways. That's probably why I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not completely anti-sugar, though. Okay. No, and and I joke around about my sugar. I I don't. 
know if I'm really an addict, but I, I'm a perfectionist. Did you, did you so part of opinion? me, part of me wants to know, <laughs> like part of me wants to be perfect. And so I'm like, I should really cut that out. It's like the one thing, you know, that I like and okay, I where's your person again I'd like to take that sugar out of that the, the candy <laughs> that's out been of in that? there for a while I will let you know oh okay that's been in oh, there well, for a long time well that's a sign of not being stoppers. an addict you know so, you, uh, an alcoholic yeah. you know carries around a little little Just little pint of alcohol to prove that he doesn't need it <laughs> that's right that's kind of what you're doing that's huh? been in there for a while that's yeah. from Halloween yeah okay yeah all right 2010 yeah. <laughs> yeah not like you it didn't go well it's probably going bad but Sugar okay well spicy. we'll we will believe you for now yes thank you so much <laughs> thank you we're gonna test your blood sugar level next week so yeah oh, that's a good idea <laughs> that a we good can idea. bring in the test scripts <laughs> <laughs> i would like that yeah we can oh. i really would yes when i feel like i've had too much sugar i just go have my soup that i make it's like chicken and vegetables and it has turmeric and ginger freshly juiced in it and i do feel better so awesome. throw some gummy worms in that's there. a fix for me delicious no <laughs> i don't ruin it with that <laughs> awesome so in the yes. end um we always try to bring it back to what can you do to to uh help yourself uh and resolve your problems from what we're we're talking about and and this one i think is pretty obvious stop eating the processed sugar reduce it stop eating the processed foods reduce the sugar intake eat more vegetables fruits and vegetables and good grains um, and uh, and the uh, wild caught fish. A big one. Oh. Just read the label, right? You guys probably don't yes. even realize the sugar you're putting in your body without reading that label. Oh, and everything, yeah. every can of soup, every can. Of, oh, yeah. I mean, uh. everything. They add sugar to it. Uh, and, and think about it. We talked before about always going back to the money. Um, it's all intended. You uh, uh, people in the food industry, those that that create the processed foods, the the microwave foods, the the things in the packages, the breads, everything, they're using the knowledge that sugar and fat and MSG and other substances mm -hmm. make you want more. And so mm -hmm. why wouldn't you want, I need to make you want more because then you'll come buy more from me and I'll make more money. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Because I do want more when I eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it, a Klein and yeah. Sinker. Yeah, I, yeah. Addict addictive behavior is encouraged in America. Yeah. And until some group out there, like those that that are working on, you know, stop people from smoking and stop the alcoholism and all these things, we just, th these other things we've just learned to accept in our society. Yeah. And, but the time is coming where more and more people, as you become educated, you're, you uh, learn more and more to, to change your way of of, of life and changing those ways will actually help you be happier and healthier, live longer and live a better quality of life. So consider that, you yeah. know, if you're just living for today, eat, drink and be merry, right? eat, drink and be merry. That's and it's, good. It's so true though, because like when I have a salad with chicken and stuff, I am totally satisfied after I eat it. I don't crave more. And if I have, you know, healthy foods like the salmon that I overcooked, you know, before and cauliflower rice, you don't crave more. You're done and you're satisfied. Your body got what it needed. You're good. Well, it's interesting since I've been doing this for the past eight, almost eight weeks, um, I'm not hungry. Yeah. I'm not near as hungry. You don't you know, crave as much. Uh, you know, I can eat an apple or, uh, um, you know, or, or even a piece of fish and, uh, um, and periodically, like I say, I try to eat small amounts throughout the day, but there's times where I don't because I don't feel hungry for it. Yeah, it's like your body hasn't been triggered to like 
give me more, give me more. It's like, oh, thank you. That's enough. It just says thank That's you. That's enough. Yeah. I can I can deal with that. I can use it, utilize it, use the energy from it, keep functioning, yeah. and I'll let you know when I need more. Yeah. You know, there's there there are some diets out there that uh, are based on that. Just eat when you're hungry. Yeah. All right. Well, this was the third part in our sugar series. I have really enjoyed it so far. Thank you so much for bringing in all this crucial information that I needed to learn. And I'm sure so many of our listeners have gotten a lot out of. So if you did learn something and you wanted to share it with your friends and family, please do um, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, share it. We are dropping next Tuesday. We have another episode on sugar outside the body. Um, so I'm really excited to learn on about that too. On the outside of the body. On the outside of the body. Thank you. Thank you outer so body experience with sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had that too. <laughs> All right. Anything else guys? No, I was just going to put a quick plug too for our new Instagram account that we have up, uh, Ocean Bay Naturals. So check that out. If you have a podcast that you love, maybe tag it in there and what you learn from it. Um, it'd be great to just keep sharing this podcast and get more people aware of the healthy lifestyle that you can have. I love that. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Thanks, right. Nikki. Thanks, everybody. Have a great guys. week. Yep. Take care. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.